2: And a good day, everybody, on this Tuesday, the 28th day of June 2022. It is the Dennis Prager Show. I'm Mark Davis filling in, and I'm going to augment what I usually say, because this is an interesting day of humor. As Cindy informs you, that girls want to have fun. Well, (laughs) I'm not a biologist, but I can tell you I'm not a girl. I am, in fact, a grown man, and I like having some fun, too. So we will do that today. Fun being a relative term. I always enjoy slinging hot topics, filling in on the Dennis Prager Show. Uh, Some of it is unbelievably heavy today. Some of it is just unspeakable in its depth of pain. Some of it is hard in terms of trying to work our way through a constitutionally illiterate country. I'm trying to help, trying to help every day on the show that I do here in DFW at 660 AM, The Answer. And that's what I often have said in the years and years of filling in for Dennis and various shows along the uh, Salem Radio Network. Uh, I've said, uh, you know, joining you from the plush but not overly ostentatious studios of 660 AM, The Answer. Well, guess what? Those are downstairs. These, if you're watching on the Salem News Channel, Room Looks Crisp. Room looks clean, high tech, magnificent uh, $20,000 mic in front of me, or something like this. We're in the brand new upstairs room, the TV Enclave, here at the DFW headquarters of the Salem Media Group. And it's just the coolest thing in the world. I want to thank enormously Barry Walters and Kevin Mote, who have set up the audio and video that enable me to do whatever it is I'm about to do. Uh, and of course, Sean and Leslie. JJ back in uh, in Los Angeles cuz everything does shoot through LA and Pragerland so that's uh, there's the logistics and the multi time zone structure of what we're up to so just thank you and I appreciate you guys very very much uh and it's always great to be here for Dennis who will return tomorrow we always send you to dennisprager.com for all things dennis always want to send you to the dennis and julie podcast dennis and julie hartman have this wonderful uh relationship uh, that that conversationally and intellectually and thematically takes you through all kinds of important things in the culture and in faith and in life uh dennis and julie on just wherever fine podcasts are uh, are are Acquired, and so to acquire um, us on the phone, it's one eight Prager 1-8 Prager seven seven six. But you know that I'm Mark Davis. You now know that. So now let's work our way through various things and see what we will do with them. As I do, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis M A R K Davis. And during the breaks, I'll you know it's like another entire show. I'll be taking a look at some of your thoughts there, and you can uh, you know fire something off if you don't have time to uh, to be on the phone. But if you do, uh, I'd love to uh, to share some thoughts with you at this pretty amazing time in American history. Let me work through the breaking story today that, that broke overnight. And uh, it, it's I think we're up to 50 now. 50 souls lost 50 migrants in the back of a truck. In the trailer of a truck, no air conditioning, no sustenance to speak of, just jammed in there like produce by smugglers, by traffickers, who, I mean, they have their fistfuls of cash. So what does anybody care, right? They got their money. Well, I care. We should all care. They don't care. There are so many moving parts to this. And our governor here in Texas, Governor Abbott, has said, you know, this is on you, Biden. Mm, Okay, which is a point one can make. Maybe one waits 24 hours, but, you know, why quibble? Uh, As a policy matter, you will get less of this when we have borders that work better. I can't sit here at this perch and tell you that, you know, if, if Trump were president, this particular truck would not have made it through. I don't know that. So perhaps as an overall generalized observation, it works to say that an administration and a Democrat party that is not serious about our borders uh, is going to carry some responsibility for, for those who uh, make it through under, under any circumstances. Um, my questions that I dealt with, and I, I always say some of the best prep for doing the Dennis Prager show, is, is finishing my own show downstairs <laughs> at 660 a.m. The answer. And I asked the local listenership, do you think that this is even front of mind? Uh, if there, There have been times in recent history where it seems like everybody's all hopped up about borders. Lord knows I am. I'm in a border state. I'm energized about this issue all the time. But... There are only so many slices in the attention pie. And at this time when, obviously, the Constitution is on fire with news, and in all good ways. Uh, The First Amendment, a huge victory for Coach Joe Kennedy. We'll talk about that. The Second Amendment, a huge victory last week for gun rights. We'll talk about that. Roe v. Wade goes down. It is on the ash heap of history, and that's magnificent. So it's, you know, pretty understandable that, you know, how much actual time do we have for every single issue in our heads? We can't have everything cranked up to 11 every day. So uh, I don't know how big borders are going to be in the elections of 22. They'll be big. They'll be big with some folks more than others. They'll be big with me. But I guess that the the occasion I take today is before I say anything policy-wise, before we talk about Whose fault this is or, you know, or, or even plumb the depths of the depravity of the money-grubbing, uh, cavalier, dismissive world of, of the traffickers. They, they make their money. They pack people in the back of a truck and they are gone. What happens after that? No longer their concern. It is, it is all of our human concern. And so, of course, I have conservative border policies in my head. Of course, there are things I want to do as a matter of politics and policy that reflect my beliefs. But the very first thing today, as I look at a story and the crawl on the cable news channels of 50 people dead in the back of that truck, the first thing I want to do is pray for them. There are 16 who survived. Four of them are children. Let us pray for their recovery. And pray for some clarity moving forward on these matters of policy so that we can have borders that work better and take a national stance that tells people that it might not be the smartest idea in the world to try to breach our country illegally. That that saves lives. If porous borders have a death toll, and they do, a strong border saves lives, keeps people out, which is exactly what a border is supposed to do. But it also has a protective effect in that uh, scads upon scads upon hordes upon reams upon crowds upon truckloads, literally truckloads of people who are thinking about coming into our country. uh, They'll think better of it. They'll think that maybe it's just not the greatest idea. And if we can have that kind of country again, uh, that'll be a benefit to those within and those without. So. Uh, we can talk about that at one eight Prager seven seven six and shoehorn the whole border thing into a week of news, a month of news that is, I uh, will say, unprecedented. They're you know, they're they're big news weeks all the time, but it's hard to remember a time when there has been more substantive developments coming out of our Supreme Court than the last few days, and you can tell that big and important things are happening because the left is having 14 conniption fits and 17 nervous breakdowns. And uh, I made the observation this morning. I said for for decades upon decades, for decades, we've seen the Supreme Court push us and and lurch us leftward, take us in an an anti-constitutionalist direction. In ruling after ruling after ruling, frequently with the complicity of justices nominated by Republican presidents, ah, how we've unpacked those surprises, haven't we? Uh, so we get fifty years plus of of, of left leaning rulings. Now we get like one week of stuff for us. And by the way, for us, I don't just mean conservatives, I don't just mean pro-lifers, I don't just mean uh, you know Judeo-Christian people, and I don't just mean gun owners. I mean, us meaning people who believe in the Constitution, who believe that it says what it says, and it means what it says. Shocker. And so those we're getting rulings to that effect now, and people are just having an unholy crap fit about it. (laughs) We have a constitutionally illiterate country. You got to do something about that. So what do you want to do? Uh, what do you want to talk about? Because I just mentioned a bunch of rulings, all of which uh, we can uh, we can put under the microscope. So, 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. I'm Mark Davis. Follow me on Twitter, Infernennis, Glad to be. We'll start to take your calls next. Stick around. Glad to be with you all since Tuesday.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
1: Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out of control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for Amfed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS finds, Nick Grovich, man I completely trust, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion, has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call Amfed Coin and Bullion 800-221-7694 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com That's American com,
2: And that may well be where you are watching right now. And I hope you are. Mark Davis filling in for Dennis, who will return tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis, filling in here from the DFW studios of the Salem Media Group. I'm going to go right to calls on this migrant tragedy, and then we'll work on some Constitution 101 for the country because it is so sorely needed. But as I go to the first couple of calls that are about the borders, and about just the, we'd like to think that from tragedies, we learn lessons. You know, it all depends on who's paying attention and from whom the lessons uh, are absorbed. Uh, because obviously you get things like massive school shootings and, oh, there are lessons that you'll get from the left. Like you need to grab everybody's guns. Whereas my lesson would be fix the society, raise kids better, get back to God Obviously, are there some policy issues that stem from school shootings that are a good idea to follow? Absolutely. Additional attention to mental health? Additional attention to school security? Absolutely. Uh, maybe if you want to, and we can talk about this today if you wish, the notion of some level of added scrutiny to the gun buyers who are 18, 19, and 20? Sure, we can talk about stuff like this all day. Red flag laws are a deal breaker. It is guilty till proven innocent. It's a an abrogation of due process, and and by the way, just to, if I could riff on the gun bill for a second, because that got a lot of attention here in Texas. Because hello, John Cornyn, and uh, it, it's it's funny the things that people will mortgage their goodwill on. Uh, Trump made Cornyn better, no doubt. Trump made McConnell better. Now look at him. Trump ain't there anymore, and now here comes that. Uh, you know, and it's been signed, so woohoo. And and of course, it was going to because we had uh, a a gaggle of Republicans willing to sacrifice uh, not just the Second Amendment, but the fourth, about searches and seizures, and the fifth, about due process. Where if Uncle Fred, uh, you know, if you don't like the way Uncle Fred voted, you can characterize Uncle Fred as being a stark raving lunatic and they can come get his guns, uh, you know, maybe by nightfall. That's not the way the country is supposed to work. So anyway, in terms of this tragedy, you know, what are the lessons uh, of this? I, I think it's just, I mean, I don't know anything today that I didn't know yesterday. 50, 50 deaths in the back of a truck because traffickers took money to get people into this country. And I know, and listen, I'm, I'm one of those people who rail all the time that despite the understandable motive of those who try to enter this country illegally, to make a better life. They just want to work. Well, we're a country. We have to have borders. And it's got to be up to us and not them how many people come in. It's it's vital. Without that, you don't have a country. So illegal immigration is still a huge problem. I know that, that a lot of these, the vast majority of these folks don't have criminal intent beyond the laws that they're breaking to get here. But, but that doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it a good idea. It doesn't make it something that we should encourage. It doesn't mean that it's something that we should become cavalier about. So th- this horrible tragedy doesn't inform my view any further, because if you'd asked me yesterday or the day before or the day before that, I'd have said our borders are too porous and we need to fix them. And I guess I say so with additional urgency today, because there's an additional death toll to our porous borders. Party. we are in Phoenix. Glenn, hey, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you? Welcome to the Tuesday Show. Good
3: morning. So this is an issue that my grandma, who's deceased right now, has been speaking about since the early 90s. I'm Latino American. I'm Mexican American. And um the, the, the Democrat Party only gives a damn about us when they're not in power. And I'll give you an example. For eight years, George Bush was president, who wasn't the greatest president. But for eight years, they clapped on him about the Dreamers, amnesty, Um, then flash forward to eight years of Obama. Remember the first two years Obama had the Senate and the House? What did they do? They did Obamacare, right? They did illegal immigration, I mean immigration reform on their own. They didn't need a single Republican. The Democrats don't give a damn about us. They've been playing political football with us like Lucy holds the football out in front of Charlie for 40 (laughs) years. This is for all the Latinos out there that, that, that keep voting Democrats.
2: That is a that is a quality a quality peanuts reference. L- l- let me ask you something, because I also come to you the state where Myra Flores just won in that deep blue Southwest or, or South Texas district. Do you sense that they finally, finally, finally that, that, that this might be the year when a lot of Hispanics realize that maybe all this Democrat voting perhaps has not served them so well?
3: We're finally waking up. Thank God for Myra Flores. You know what? I've been, I've been with her for about a year and a half now. Thank God for Myra Flores. If she's listening to this, we're finally waking up. 40 years Listen. now since Reagan was in office. 40 yep. years these Democrats have been playing political football with us as a people. And you know what? I hate to say this. We have ourselves to blame because we haven't woken up early. Wake up, Latinos, and we are. We are starting to wake up in the Hispanic. You are and
2: there. and and don't and don't don't be sorry for tough love. And and Glenn, thank you. Don't be sorry for tough love because and look, we all I mean, after Obama won twice, I said the same thing about the whole country. We we get the people we elect. If we elect if we elect people, now it's kind of funny. I mean, I obviously was not an Obama voter, so you know, don't blame me. I did all I could. Uh, God, that had me voting for McCain and Romney. That was my plight. But uh, if not to necessarily make it purely a racial thing, but but if if you're African American and you lament the fact that, generally speaking, blacks have been voting 85%, 90% Democrat, like forever, and you think if that might change, then good. Then be a part of change. Uh, the Hispanic vote you know, has tended to be you know, 15 20%, 25% Republican. If that's, if that's amping up, if that is improving, then that's a good thing, and that is something that Hispanics, individual by individual, uh, can do. As we take a look at any... Group and I, I it, it, it's funny even as I talk about black voters, Hispanic voters, the Myra Flores win, and I can't say and, and I guess in mentioning her, have we seen the video? Have you seen the video of of Nancy Pelosi body checking Myra Flores's child as if it's in the uh, the Stanley Cup Finals? And I know that's somewhat overstated, but uh, and and, and I right, listen. I've, I was I was talking I was talking to my buddy Mike Gallagher this morning. I said, haven't we? haven't we all been in a group photo setting and you're kind of jostling and sometimes these things happen? And Mike replied, I never elbowed a kid out of the way. I said, okay, point taken, point taken, point taken. Uh, But um, uh, I think Myra Flores' quote this morning was that we're going to elbow Nancy Pelosi out of the Speaker's office this November. And it certainly certainly looks like that is at hand. Um, The observation I had after she won and the great thing about this is, is it it became a less racialized district. It's like, well, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be Democrat. I mean, look at all those Hispanics. Well, shocker, it looks like Hispanics don't like the ill effects of open borders either. It's like it's supposed to be Democrat. Look at all those Hispanics. I think, well, shocker, Hispanic parents don't like the idea of voting for a party that thinks your 12-year-old son ought to be turned into your 12-year-old daughter. These are things that transcend race, which most things do. Actually, all things do. All righty. Mark Davison for Dennis. 1-8-Prager-776. Back to your calls next. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis. Tuesday show. Glad you're here. The Dennis Prager Show
1: towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotion-y in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found that out around 2006 and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft, but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money back guarantee. 6-piece set two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly 109.99, now 39.99. Just go to mypillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products including the towels by entering the promo code Prager, or call eight hundred seven six one sixty three oh two for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager.
2: And a good day to all. It is the second hour of the Dennis Prager Show on this Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. I am quite demonstrably not Dennis Prager, so what exactly is happening here? Well, I'll tell you. It's happened a lot before, and I'm always grateful when it does. Mark Davis filling in for Dennis. Uh, here at 660 a.m., The Answer in Dallas-Fort Worth, or upstairs from it in the newly crafted TV enclave of the Salem Media Group here uh, just east of DFW Airport. It's exciting. We're kicking off the room in style with a day filled with news. Let me give you the phone number and where we are, and you can help decide where we go. 1-8 seven seven six one eight. Prager seven seven six. Always go to DennisPrager dot for all things Dennis. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K-Davis. Always go find me Dennis and Julie Podcast. The various things that are happening uh, there in the Dennis and Julie podcast, check that out. And but uh, because they talk about all manner of things uh, in, about life and liberty and society and culture, et cetera, et cetera, it's a very neat partnership that he has. And I'm always grateful for the partnership here with uh, with everybody at this program. So let's uh, let's establish our on air partnership right now at one eight Prager seven seven six. In the following way, we spent our first hour talking a lot about the lessons to be learned. From the horrible migrant tragedy of 50 uh, corpses in the back of a truck. Uh, Governor Abbott here in Texas hasty to say, uh, that's, that's on Biden. Uh, you know, it, it's, could that, would that truck have made, would that particular truck have made it through even if we were serious about the borders? Maybe. But I think the overall broader point is that uh, porous borders have a death toll. Uh, when the smugglers, the coyotes, the the traffickers know that, uh, that, that they can pretty well flood people into our country at will um, because of policies that will do little to thwart that practice, well, this is going to be what you will get more of. So we have that already one layer of topicality. Let me establish a few others. Uh, first, a little bit of, if you want to call this breaking news, I put huge air quotes around that. Uh, that infernal january 6th committee has come as has gaveled open hey i just i just feel more informed already uh, liz cheney is um, talking after some opening words from benny thompson um, the january 6th committee has gaveled in a surprise day of hearings today surprise it's all a surprise, and they had a surprise witness, and and oh my, how the Internet was on fire yesterday with who the surprise witness might be. What enormous, life-changing, story-enlightening figure might this be? Well, it turns out it is a woman named Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson was uh, an, an, an assistant to former White House chief of staff Mark Meadows. Okay, so there you go. I don't know, man. They got him now. I think they have got him now. Is it worth? Um, is it worth a word or two about this committee and 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 what it has done and what it has not done? How about? How about if I do? Uh, we got plenty of time here, and, and obviously, phone calls open to you at one eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. And and where I want to ultimately go is the. The constitutional illiteracy that grips our land and what we all might be able to do about that. And it's funny because, in a way, when Supreme Court justices issue constitutionalist rulings, uh, people learn things. Ooh, it's a lesson hard learned, a lesson very hard learned by many, some responding with outright violence. Oh, and it's funny if somebody goes and throws a brick at a Supreme Court justice's house, that's awful. But at least they kind of know they got a concept of of you know who the villain is in their twisted view. What is with the violence that is being directed at crisis pregnancy centers? What in the world? There's one. There there's so many here in DFW, uh, and and one of them called Birth Choice Dallas. My own producer, Rhonda Moreland, is on the board at Birth Choice Dallas, and shows she's he, she's been deeply embedded in this for a long time. And they're, over these last few weeks, they've been having security meetings in case they get, you know, firebombed. What? It's a crisis pregnancy center. These are angels walking among us where I live, where you live. These are, are organizations that welcome people who are choosing life. They welcome mothers, and that is the term. They are all mothers. It, they welcome them, and, and these are the the way the flow chart goes is just obviously from the get-go these are women who are choosing not to terminate pregnancy so God bless them already right but maybe that's where the left is threatened because they talk about being pro-choice it's funny if if you go back I've done talk shows a long time and people used to uh, call me in decades past and they would use the term pro-abortion and I would say "Eh, eh, eh, eh." maybe so maybe not because, you know, I, in fact, I remember I probably 30 years say, I don't know if anybody's pro abortion. They just want people to have that option. Oh, how ancient that seems, because now a lot of people are at. Do you know how far we are past the notion of safe, legal and rare? What? That's a Bill Clintonism, right? And it speaks to a certain moderation compared to today's uh, bug eyed extremism on the issue. Uh, but you know, shout your abortion, twerk your abortion. These people are gross. A- and and I, I, I can't help but think that there's some price to be paid for this. You know, I, I think a major uh, campaign theme for Republicans in 2022 and 24 may be something along the lines of, you may not agree with everything we say, but those people are crazy. And I, I think that's that's how you get Myra Flores in that district in, in South Texas that was so heavily Hispanic. I think that's how you get the Republican wave, if that's indeed in the offing this November, and I hope and pray that it is. But anyway, on the notion of, of constitutional uh, illiteracy, every time the Supreme Court does something like this, you have conniption fits, nervous breakdowns, heart attacks, uh, hand wringing, pearl clutching, um, and then... Once people realize that there is not an abortion ban, a lot of people may go, oh, that's funny. I I thought there was going to be an abortion ban. And and so many of the protests are in places where the abortion laws aren't going to change at all. They have protests in California, New York, Vermont. Vermont, they put abortion in the Constitution. And yet, uh, you know, in Montpelier, they're, uh, you know, they're going nuts i I don't understand these people, but they don't understand the Constitution, and that's what doggone it. we're going to help them do it, and we're going to do it with an upbeat countenance and we're going to do it with uh, a giving spirit, and we're going to do it with uh with a sense of goodwill, knowing full well that they would not afford that to us if this ruling had gone the other way so um so so there's that now on the notion of uh this this committee. When the January 6th committee was taking shape, uh, my dog knew that it was a political show trial, that it was a witch hunt, that it was uh, a a trial in search of a crime, desperately in search of a crime. And please note that as it has played out through its many, many uh, days of, uh, of hearings, that it's been a pretty steady chronicle of excesses on the part of President Trump, of people telling him things and him just not accepting them, of headlong devotion to the notion that he got screwed out of an election result that would have made him a two-term president. That is his belief. Um, The committee has heaped ridicule on that, put uh, under oath a lot of people who disagree with him about that, and so that, that is what it is. However, let's talk about what the committee has done and what it has not done. What it has not done and what it will not do is establish criminality. And that's kind of why it exists, is he broke the law, he savaged the Constitution, he did terrible things, democracy itself was was hanging by a thread, which it was not. January 6th was really bad. The people who did actual rioting deserve harsh punishment. And if we can kind of get them you know, out of holding cells and deliver them those consequences, they'll get it. But the committee was never going to find criminality it never will they're never going to find that that president trump incited the riot it was kind of organically self-created by a lot of people who were very hopped up and could not restrain themselves from from breaking the law for which they they deserve consequences but he didn't incite anything um so at, at that level it's a failure but what has it done has it winged him damaged him in some way i'll give you my answer here in uh in just a moment. Mark Davis in for Dennis, 1 8 Prager 776. Grab a line. We'll be right back. The Dennis Prager Show.
1: The American public is getting pinched right now. Terrible leftist policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gas, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills. Hard to depend on government, but you can depend on Pure Talk. Because Pure Talk gives you four lines of talk, text, and data for just $64 a month. Four lines. It's only $16 a line. Believe it. Your talk saves the average family over $900 a year. I'm a customer, the 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. Stop giving your money to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile and supporting their causes. Switch to Pure Talk. Just dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager and get four lines for just $64 a month. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. Dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager.
2: Hey everybody, Mark Davis in for Dennis Prager on this Tuesday, the twenty eighth day of June. Telephone number one eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. I got three or four uh, topical plates in the air going from the discovery of a, a tragic truckload of, uh, of of migrants who didn't make it on that ill advised trip into America, to the notion of our constitutionally illiterate nation and what we do about that. To uh, the the, the, in the January 6th committee is continuing. It's like the teacher on peanuts. Walk, 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 walk. They continue to do what they're doing. And just paying a little bit of, of, of peripheral attention to that during the break. Uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, who is a former aide uh, to former White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, uh, is sharing some of uh, a conversation she had with a guy I know well, former congressman and former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe of Texas, uh, and that it was Mr. Ratcliffe's uh, studied view, as it was uh, many, by the way, uh, that the degree to which the president was banging this drum was just not going to be helpful to his legacy, that it wasn't going to prevail. And if people were of that mind, uh, I mean, okay, I mean, isn't it, I mean, from Laura Ingram to Sean Hannity to the Fox hosts, weren't they all like texting people saying, this is not good. He's not helping himself on like January 6th itself, Uh, which I, I believe is true. That was not a good day for anybody. However, what this committee and what the culture, I think, seeks to shoehorn into your brain is that if you have any skepticism about the 2020 result that's the big lie that if you take a look at the election norms that were shelved just dashed against the rocks uh, sacrificed on the altar of covid panic and that makes you think huh is it possible there were maybe some votes counted that shouldn't have been that you, you you're you're a mental patient if you believe those things well guess what i believe all those things And that means I believe that the 2020 result is forever tainted, is forever in doubt. Now, is that me saying I somehow have a a legal pad filled with exactly the number of votes by which Trump actually won Pennsylvania? No. And and that won't be forthcoming from me or anybody else for that matter. Um, But it's not binary. It's not either cleanest election ever or we totally can prove, almost scientifically, that we got the wrong president. In the middle there are millions of voters who harbor doubts, righteous, well-informed doubts. And so what are we to do with that? Uh, Biden's president, nothing we can do about that. So we can do it, 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 it's an old adage. There are two lists. There's a list of things you can do something about, and the list of things you can't do something about. And it's best to let the second list go and focus on the first. So what can we do something about? Obviously, electing a bunch of Republicans as a backstop to these horrible policies this coming November. Elect, uh, you know, put a Republican back in the White House in 2024. Uh, but what we can do immediately is focus our energies on making sure we don't get screwed like this. Again, I come to you from a state in Texas where we've done a bunch uh, to improve election security. They have in Georgia as well. They have in other states as well. And you know how we know we're onto something? Another old saying, when you're taking on flack, you know you're over the target. It's because everybody's whining and moaning about uh, voter suppression. There's no such thing as voter suppression. The notion that it's hard to vote, what a damnable lie that is. So, um, So that's so that's where we are with this uh, this this goofy hearing as far as what it has done and what it has not done um there'll be no charge of there'll be no no charge no proof of criminality or incitement but i think that these weeks upon weeks upon weeks of just trump is crazy trump is crazy trump is crazy that's not nothing and i think what it has done is I mean, the people who love him won't be satisfied until he's back in the White House. The I told you so uh, of the ages, uh, the full Grover Cleveland, two non-consecutive terms. There are folks who won't be happy till that happens. There's no shaking them. There are others who, if I knew he could win, uh, like, this is me, if I knew he could win, are you kidding? I'd take him back tomorrow. I don't know that he can win. But Mark... We're all just so passionate. We're all ready to pop on the MAGA hats and walk through fire for him. I get it. And I have a feeling, and I'm going to be generous here, that a good 80% of the people who voted for him, maybe 90% of the people who voted for him in 2020, are ready to do so again. If he is the nominee, would totally do so again. But you know what the percentage is of Democrats who will crawl on broken glass to beat him? 150. Trump may be the one guy Biden can beat. Maybe. I don't know and I don't like not knowing. I'll tell you that DeSantis against Biden 400 electoral votes now that's if it's today um it doesn't mean I'm done with Trump doesn't mean I'm hostile to him teeing it up and try it again not at all. Bring it sir whatever you want to do. A Trump DeSantis and Tom Cotton and Mike Pompeo primary uh environment that's the, the talk show hosting me is thrilled <laughs> but uh Wow. How exactly would that go? But I have so to sum it all up and then hit, hop back to your calls. If if these if these stupid hearings have done anything, I think they've worn down some people. They've created in some Republicans the notion of like, "Ugh, okay, they're just fatigued. It's like enough. Maybe it's time for new blood. Maybe it's time for DeSantis or somebody else. Maybe maybe it is." Your thoughts? 1-8-Prager-776. As we head next, we are in Gray Lake, Illinois. Judy, hi. Mark Davis in Fort Dennis. How are you?
4: Hello, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. I'm well.
2: My pleasure. Um, Thank you. Doing great.
4: I I know you were talking about uh, teaching civics in school. Yes.
2: We don't do that anymore.
4: No. I went to a Chicago public high school in the 1950s. We were required to take a civics class. Not only that, we were required to pass a a test on the Constitution before we could graduate. There you go. Yeah, could not graduate unless you... Now, I don't know if that was a state law at the time. Could have been or if it was just a, a Board of Education Chicago public if, school. If, if it
2: community. was, well, listen, what it, whether it was your school district or your state, right. I, it was widespread. Every Everybody, it's virtually everybody, Chicago. did it. And we've lost track of that. Judy, thank yeah. you for the reminder of the, of the way that it used to be. It, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, right? The three R's. <laughs> uh, even those are under fire. Yeah. Um, And the notion of how our government works, the notion of how the Constitution works. It's funny. This isn't political. It's not political to tell people the circumstances of the country's birth. It's not jingoism to to remind people of the miracle of this country's creation, a country built on an idea, a country built on, yes, religious freedom, but also self-determination, where... We are, Government is run by the consent of the governed and not through some royal blood lineage or landowners or such. An appreciation for America. For some reason, there are people that don't want our children growing up with an appreciation for America. Why might that be? It is the Dennis Prager Show for this Tuesday, the 28th day of June. It is fantastic to be here with you. Mark Davis in for Dennis from 660 a.m. The Answer in Dallas-Fort Worth, the Salem Media Group Outpost. Here in North Texas, great to be with you. It always is when I get to fill in for Dennis. Dennis will be back tomorrow. And you can join us at 1-8 Prager-776, 1-8 Prager-776, if you have just happened onto to the program. Uh, and by the way, you can do that on the, the old-fashioned way through the radio. You got that crazy internet, at various things at com, And of course, Salem uh, News Channel as an app. Uh, And at SalemNewsChannel.com where you can watch the festivities unfold before your very eyes. So uh, whatever your methodology of consuming the program, we are grateful. And I've been grateful to hear from a lot of you today on a number of things. Let me give you the uh, uh, sort of the the summary uh, previously on the Dennis Prager Show, guest hosted by Mark Davis. Uh, Here's what we've done. We started out talking about the unfathomable tragedy of these 50 Folks who lost their lives in the back of that truck. There were more than 100 in there. Um, 50 have died. Uh, there were 16 who were, uh, who were hospitalized. Four of those are kids. We pray for their recovery. And uh, while we're in a stance of prayer, we're praying for a country that takes its borders seriously. That, that would be nice. And I don't think we're going to get that under Biden. And so we've talked about you've done a lot of good, predictable scapegoating going on. And I'm glad to join those who will make clear uh, that it is bad border policies, porous borders, open borders that make uh, truckloads of people like this more prevalent. But we've talked about that as well as um, it's funny. We kind of stumbled into this. Uh, We have a provably constitutionally illiterate country, right? We have people who just don't know what the Constitution says and don't know how it works. Uh, the basics, to wit, if there is something that is not in the Constitution, it goes to the states. Period. Roe v. Wade was fictitiously found in 1973 by an activist court. That was a, a phony right that was fashioned out of whole cloth, and we've lived under that fiction for you know a, a, a stink and a half century. That has been corrected. Thanks be to God. That has been corrected. I celebrate that uh, not just as a conservative or a pro life or, or whatever I am, but as an American, I want rulings to reflect what the Constitution actually says. And in th- for three rulings inside of a week's time, we've had Supreme Court, Supreme Court majorities who have delivered us the shocking news that the Constitution actually means what it says, that the Second Amendment means what it says in the New York gun case, that the First Amendment means what it says in the Coach Joe case up in Bremerton, Washington, and that when the Constitution does not contain certain words like your freedom of religion and your right to bear arms, when there are things that are not in there, and and do do a, a Google search. You will not find the word abortion. In the Constitution. So if it's not in there, then that means it's left to the states. For the Supreme Court to find so, which it did, doesn't ban abortion everywhere. California and New York will remain as ghoulishly permissive as they have always been. My state of Texas had a trigger law. Abortion became illegal, bam, the moment that ruling came down. Or to fine tune, there are some I's to dot, some T's to cross, some things that make that ruling, that make the concrete in it set. Uh, I spoke with Attorney General Ken Paxton the other day. He said it's, it's probably a couple of months before it is the capital L law of the capital L land here in Texas, uh, our abortion law, which uh, forbids abortion except, except in the case of the life of the mother, not the health of the mother, the life of the mother, which by the way, is the only genuinely pro-life stance. I'll get to that here in a second about the moral idiocy of the rape and incest exception. You can have a rape and incest exception in your head. If you think, well, I don't want abortions to happen, but if it's rape or incest, then maybe I'd allow it. Okay. You are pro-choice, not as radically pro-choice as, you know, Nancy Pelosi, but pro-choice nonetheless. And if you need help with that, I'm here all day. One eight Prager seven seven six. But as to the constitutional illiteracy of how you know how things like this even work, and the millions of people who just don't even know, um, it's because we don't teach civics anymore. And we've talked a good bit about that. Who got rid of civics? Who got rid of civics? I had it in the ninth grade. I get, did I have a government class in high school? I was in high school from 1972 to 75. I think I did. I think it was probably more of a history class that was sort of like the – I think it was. It was was like how we got to the current government we have through past centuries. By the way, we don't teach history well anymore either. But the last time I was in a class called Civics, uh, it was um, in in Prince George's County, Maryland in in 1972. Uh, And so sometime after that, and again, as an earlier caller said, might have just been my school district or my state – But they got rid of civics. In fact, let me ask you I'll tell you what. We're a big country, a lot of people listening. Is there a class called civics in your kids' school right now? Is there a class called, well, okay, called civics or government in your kids' high school or junior high school class right now? I'd love to know where it is. Now, here's the thing (laughs) it can exist by that name or some other name. But then you got to ask, how's it being taught? Who's teaching that thing? Because if you've got some, uh, you know, blue-haired, pierced, tattooed uh, uh, teacher uh, teaching the government class, I'm sure I'll now now hear from conservatives with blue-haired, tattooed. (laughs) Okay, I'm not talking about you. Uh, You know... Then you got another entire kettle of fish in terms of what's being taught. So all right, what's being so that's been on our, our plate as well, what's being taught, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh let me start to hop some of your calls. Whoa, let's bang the mic. One eight Prager seven seven six, one eight Prager seven seven six as we head uh to North Carolina. Rosemary, Mark Davison for Dennis, how are you?
3: Hi, Mr. Davison. I hope you're well. I'm I'm fine. Uh, I'm very troubled with the the wonderful rulings that we got. They're already trying to undermine uh, with funds to send uh, people on abortion to abortion states. But the reason I'm calling is I don't know how many people recognize the dire threat a constitution is under. Barack Obama, when he was running for Senate, he was on tape, he was recording, giving a speech telling the people that he wanted to elect him, that the constitution needed rewritten or a mouth which is what we hear uh, I he don't was. I
2: don't believe I don't believe Obama ever said the constitution needed to be rewritten however okay. uh, they, they 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 or I there are a lot of verbs that he could have used there these are people who have tried who have tried without actually taking you know a sharpie to it who have tried to, to rewrite it anyway they they uh, the, the high court in 1973 tried to rewrite the Constitution. I, I tell you what they did is they went in there with a little pen, and they found they found the Constitution and said, okay, we're going to stick something in here between the lines written in the late 18th century, and we're going to stick in here, there is a federal right to abortion. Bam, there you go. And by a two ruling, they put it in there. And uh, what this court did is come in there with some whiteout, and uh, and get rid of that noxiously found false addition to the Constitution. Already one eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. Let me. I tell you what. Rather than give somebody short shrift, uh, let me go ahead and uh, and get to the break and come back and we'll take a lot more of you on a wide variety of subjects. Uh, in the uh, here's going to be the upshot. I've been paying peripheral attention to uh, to the uh, uh, to, to the hearings. The, the, Miss Hutchinson, who is Mark Meadows. Uh, assistant, uh, she was apparently witness to one particularly vivid scene where President Trump saw Attorney General Bill Barr throw some shade and some doubt on the notion of the viability of uh, election fraud claims, and, and he apparently took like a, a porcelain plate with a burger on it and winged it against the wall. Okay, I'm sure we'll have uh, video reenactments of that for World News Tonight with David Muir. But uh, it, it's just another day of these hearings, highlighting that uh, Trump was pretty, uh, pretty twisted off about this. Guess what? I knew that. Uh, Changes nothing. Changes nothing about the law. Changes nothing about incitement. But you know, we've talked about how the landscape might change. Mark Davison for Dennis. Right back. The Dennis Prager Show.
0: And I know-
2: it is the Dennis Prager Show for this Tuesday, the 28th day of June. Mark Davis in for Dennis. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K Davis. Follow all things Dennis at DennisPrager.com. And go grab that Dennis and Julie podcast, wherever fine podcasts are uh, disseminated. Uh, Dennis and uh, Julie Hartman, is her last name, right? Uh, she's a Harvard student who realized, wow, uh, education is screwed uh, and that's been adversely affecting my life. And if you have that in your head as a young person, uh, the person you need to be talking to is Dennis Brager. <laughs> and, and so Dennis and Julie hash out a lot of issues of the day, uh, large scale and, and microcosmic. And, and it's just a wonderful thing. The Dennis and Julie podcast, I think a new uh, edition of that is a new chapter that is uh, due out any minute. So, uh, go looking for that. All right. We're looking for your calls and finding them a plenty. 1-8 Prager 776. 1-8 Prager 776. And we're, we're, we're looking at how we became so constitutionally illiterate. Which is on display like every day since these rulings are coming in, and we're talking about how the the, the teaching of civics kind of went by the wayside. Uh, talking a little bit about the, uh, the stupid January sixth hearings and if they have any effect of uh, the the various um, uh, the headlines of the moment, including uh, the the horrible tragic finding of a bunch of bodies in the back of a truck a, from a horrific. Uh, uh, smuggling attempt of illegal immigrants into my state of texas so a lot of things going on and you can even add something um, else if you wish 1-8 prager 776 let us hop back to your calls we are in san diego jackie hi mark davison for dennis how are you
4: good morning well it's morning here mark thank you for taking my call and sure. and also I am so grateful the way you start your program every time when you're on here for Dennis. I appreciate the prayer. Well, thanks. Um, Yeah. Well, what I wanted to say was I'm a native Californian. I was brought up in California schools, and um, we did have eighth grade mandated uh, testing of the government, uh, knowing the Constitution and everything. And that got dropped Mm -hmm. by the wayside, I believe, when we got into the national Department of Education. You know, when the mandates started coming down nationally, things have really gone awry. And, um, um, but the main, the reason I wanted to call was this was a fascinating uh, comparison. Um, a family friend became a U.S. citizen in 2018. She was studying and and had to pass a test on the U.S. government, which included studying. And looking at the Bill of Rights, the Declaration yep. of Independence, all yep. this. And she had all these things out on her table. And her college-age daughter came walking through and asked what it, what, what it was, all this stuff. Excellent. And, and so Sandra was telling her. And, she, and her college-age daughter, having gone through California schools, said, Mom, I have never seen any of these documents. I, I didn't even know these things existed. Go but figure. I do know but I do know the names of rocks
2: Yes, <laughs> I could tell you igneous, metamorphic, and oh what am I uh, sedimentary, but I don't know how, I don't know anything about my country. Uh, that, that, yeah. Thank you so much, ma'am that Jackie, that is fantastic. and I'll tell you what I'll pivot from that to a, a story of of from these hallways right outside this room. Uh, we have like five radio stations in this building. The one that I do my show on, the the talk station of six sixty AM, the Answer, uh, a, a massive powerhouse of contemporary Christian music, KLTY, and a station that is a Spanish language, a Christian teaching and talk station serving DFW, and those are some of my favorite coworkers. I mean, they are salt of the earth, magnificent folks. We all see each other in the hallway now that we're all back in the building post COVID, and there's this one young lady from Argentina and she has regaled me uh, did for most of the last uh, calendar year with her path toward citizenship and to watch her level of enthusiasm to watch her level of devotion to watch her level of commitment to you know becoming an american the right way by immigrating uh, uh, legally and and going through the entire naturalization process and she talked about the stuff she had to study for for her test and we were talking about how fascinating it is that you know I didn't have to do that because I'm I'm born in Texas I was born in San Antonio boom instant citizenship so I don't have to take any test to become a citizen but the folks that we welcome in as citizens have to take a test have to prove a certain amount of proficiency with some facts and, and figures about the uh, about the country that they're seeking to become a part of and we just don't require that of our own people anymore we just don't require that of our own people anymore, and I think we are poorer uh, because of it. Artie, we are in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Linda, hey, Mark Davis, in for Dennis. How are you?
5: I'm terrific, Mark. Great to speak to you. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, okay great.
2: Here's the part where you start talking.
5: Oh, you want me to talk? Thought you were going to ask me. That would be
2: a wonder. The show goes way better. (laughs) Trust me, it'll be magical. I
5: actually speak. So the reason for my phone call is you asked the question of what What are some of the classes that are taught, and is civics taught in high school or middle school? And the answer, in my experience, is no. I have five children, raised most of them in the state of Massachusetts. The classes are called AP Government and AP Comparative Government. Are usually what is offered at least in the four different schools my kids attended most right. of my kids attended faith-based uh faith-based schools i'm a catholic so they've they right. attended catholic schools um mm-hmm. in those classes yes to answer your question they're extremely biased the definitions for example of what is a for instance conservative versus a liberal and also to the extent where um the the, the material the government the, the workbooks the textbooks are hundred percent biased. You can't even you can't even imagine. There's nothing now. My kids have been grow, grown up with me, so they they differ, differentiate, but they have to you know accommodate the teachers, right, in order to yeah. get a decent grade. Um, I will tell you that my one my youngest, who's in high school now, um, when she was in middle school, she was my only child. Who went to middle school? Who went to public school? And she did that in Massachusetts mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I took issue with the history teacher at the time because they had a section that was called current events, and mm-hmm. the articles that were poised and given out for current events, and it was during Trump's presidency, were a hundred percent biased against the president. Every time, of
2: course, of course. So- oh, Linda. So-
5: I spoke to her. There was one that equated Trump to, like, the, the Salem witch trials. Oh, Another when he did the, the terrorist ban, you know, to fly into the country. That was, why did President Trump do a Muslim oh, of ban? Of course. Okay? Yep. Um, yep. And then when I addressed it, my daughter felt that when she walked the halls, the teachers stopped, pointed to her, and were talking about her. Okay.
2: And Imagine myself. So so. Oh, even yeah. if you bring this, as soon as you said you contested this, I thought, man, I hope she wasn't somehow sanctioned by a vindictive teacher. Linda, thank you enormously. So I guess, the all right, the lesson here is be careful what you wish for. So we're sitting here decrying and lamenting the lack of civics education. Okay, poof, let's put some civics education back. Ha <laughs> But the bad news is, guess who's teaching it? Guess who's teaching it? Not to regale you with everything from my high school. But, I, well, in fact, let me tell you the story in a minute. Because there was a course I took in, in high school, 1973, way back in, that may be why I'm sitting here right now. Stick tight. If everything's
1: the same, then everything's the way that it be.
2: It is the Dennis Prager Show. Has been, for this Tuesday, the 28th day of June. And what a joy it has been. Let me... See if I can tie a bow around a few things for everybody and to address the topics we've covered and obviously to show some some gratitude to Sean and Leslie and to JJ in Los Angeles and Barry and Kevin here in the big DFW for putting everything together here in our brand new room. Yay. Uh, as we take a look at, at the the challenges that lie ahead, in our immediate rear view mirror, there are uh, amazing things. Three Enormous moments, three of them in rapid succession, that uh, any one of which would be the biggest story of the year in an ordinary year. (laughs) Because there's no, I don't think there's any such thing as an ordinary year anymore. Uh, To have the Supreme Court stick up for the Second Amendment to the degree that it did in that New York State Rifle and Gun uh, Club case, Uh, the fall of Roe v. Wade, hello. And then, uh, you know, for a little cherry on the top, uh, a huge First Amendment religious freedom case for Coach Joe Kennedy in Bremerton, Washington. These are enormous victories. And in fact, the, the, my closing thought here is about what, what effect this does have politically, especially with the last gentleman talking about how to fight moving forward and what to do, what not to do, what makes strategic sense and what does not. Um, maybe you've heard people uh, ruminate about whether, as, as great as this news is, constitutionally, as great as it is, conservatively, as great as it is for pro-lifers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is it possible that the pro-choicers, the Democrats, the anti-constitutionalists are going to be so fired up, that they'll be so angry, they'll be so motivated, that they're just going to you know ratchet things up to 12 and, uh, and, and we're not going to have the kind of wave election in 2022 that we thought we were going to have? Is that possible? Yes. But I don't think it's likely. I don't I don't believe that it's particularly likely because for every Democrat who's fired up, who's saying, listen, Biden sucks. I know that Uh, we got we got nothing. Our our agenda is losing. But uh, but boy, but but the the way the pendulum is swinging with the court and Trump may run again and blah, 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 blah. uh, If that's the kind of thing that brings them off the couch, do you know who will be there to meet them? Do you know who will be there alongside them at the polling place, perhaps? At least one conservative, at least one who is so grateful, so amazed, quite frankly, that we're actually scoring some wins, that we want more of that. See, I, I don't perceive in all of conservatism, and I obviously talk to a lot of conservatives, that we've got a kind of a rest on our laurels attitude. Like, well, we're done here. Are you kidding? We're just getting started. These rulings are just the beginning. Our wave election in 22 is just the beginning. So, um, chronicling all of that, it's a joy to be with you here on The Dennis Prager Show. I'm Mark Davis. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Davis, and I'll see you next time.
0: The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio.
1: Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com